Hello again and welcome to another episode of the Ominous Origins Podcast with me, Casey. Of course, this episode is still brought to you by the wonderful people over at MorbidlyBeautiful.com. Morbidly Beautiful is your one-stop shop for all things horror content related from interviews, reviews, top ten lists, and of course, everything in between. Alright, what do we have for you this week? Well, you never know with this podcast, do you? It could be a cryptid, it could be a serial killer, it could be anything! That's my best Ronnie Radio from 1943. Anyway, this week we're going to talk about something called Operation Midnight Climax. It's kind of a sub-project of uh, MKUltra, you know, that fun one that happened in the 50s. So this is an offshoot of that, so how bad could it be? Well, it's not great. Let's just get right into it. This is Operation Midnight Climax. Ominous. Ominous. It is an adjective. Sounds like someone breathing. Alright, so, Operation Midnight Climax was an operation carried out by the CIA as a sub-project of Project MKUltra, the mind control research program that began in the 1950s. If you're unfamiliar with that, go to grade 10 history class. I mean, I think that's where I learned it. Anyway. It was initially established in 1954 by Sidney Gottlieb and placed under the direction of the Federal Bureau of Narcotics in Boston, Massachusetts. Yes, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. With the Federal Narcotics Agency and the CIA as consultants, George Hunter White, under the pseudonym of Morgan Hill, was also involved. Dr. Sidney Gottlieb was a chemist who was chief of the chemical division of the Office of Technical Services of the CIA. Under the Cold War and fears of Soviet Union and Chinese interference, Gottlieb felt inspired to investigate methods of mind control. Although this is unsighted and maybe not true, but maybe it is. There's a whole lot of information that's not really 100% verified because of the nature of what the project was. Now Gottlieb based his plan for MKUltra and Operation Midnight Climax off interrogation methods researched under the Project Artichoke title. Unlike Project Artichoke, Operation Midnight Climax gave Gottlieb permission to test drugs on unknowing citizens, which made way for the legacy of this operation. Again, that's just speculation, but it's kind of interesting and it could be true. Hundreds of federal agents, field operatives, and scientists worked on these programs before they were shut down in the 1960s. So what was this all about? There must be some kind of objective or methodology behind all this madness. Sure, mind control was one of the things they were testing and experimenting with, but what else was there? Was there anything else? Now, let's just get right into it. Operation Midnight Climax started in 1954 and consisted of the web of CIA-run safe houses in San Francisco at 225C Chestnut Street in San Francisco, California and Mill Valley, California, as well as New York City. The safe houses were dramatically scaled back in 1963 following a report by CIA Inspector General John Ehrman, which strongly recommended closing the facilities. These San Francisco safe houses were closed in 1965 and the New York City safe houses soon followed in 1966. Operation Midnight Climax and Project MKUltra were considered to be so secretive that few people, even in the highest government positions, knew 
Gottlieb even existed, let alone was conducting these experiments. However, some senior officers in the CIA knew enough about him to connect his work to LSD. Operation Midnight Climax was indeed established in order to study the effects of LSD and non-consenting individuals. Prostitutes on the CIA payroll were instructed to lure clients back to the safe houses where they were, well, just drugged, basically. They were given a wide range of substances, including LSD, and monitored behind one-way glass. The prostitutes were instructed to use post-fun-time questioning to investigate whether the victims could be convinced to involuntarily reveal secrets. The victims were sometimes fed subliminal messages in an attempt to induce them to involuntary actions, including criminal activities such as robbery, assault, and assassination. Manchurian candidate anybody? And of course, many of the CIA operatives involved indulged in the drugs and prostitutes for recreational purposes. Additionally, information from Wilmington News Journal on October 5, 1978 reports from FOIA request that the spy agency purchased two pounds of Yohimbine hydrochloride by Dr. Robert V. Lashbrook, the chief aide to Dr. Sidney Gottlieb. The role of Dr. Lashbrook was to, quote, monitor and approve materials for Operation Midnight Climax. Senate investigators were told that the goals of these experiments were to study mind control and sexual behavior, more specifically to learn about the secrets of brainwashing to gain control over enemy spies and to protect U.S. agents. Other objectives included finding drugs that could incapacitate entire buildings via food poisoning, which could create, quote, confusion, anxiety, and fear, and other symptoms such as headaches and earaches. These drugs could also have amnesia effects, which were intended for use on foreign spies following interrogations and retiring CIA agents. Another aspect they tested was the effects of combining LSD and isolation where the subjects would be dosed and isolated for months at a time with minimal food and water, which just sounds like pure and utter torture. Imagine being high on something like LSD, which is kind of like a hallucinogen, I believe. I'm not super familiar with all drugs in the world, I'm sorry. And then having no food, no water, being trapped in a small room by yourself. You would go fucking mental. Good lord, that sounds like, oh, I don't know how these things get approved, but hey, here we are, 2023, and the world is falling apart. So I guess things haven't really changed that much in the last 50 years. Of course, there were some ethical concerns with things like, you know, MK Ultra and Operation Midnight Climax. In 1947, the CIA was prohibited on behalf of President Truman due to fears of political abuse from spying against American citizens. But these actions contradicted the adherence to this prohibition. These acts were illegal, and several significant operational techniques were developed in this theater, including extensive research into sexual blackmail, surveillance technology, and the possible use of mind-altering drugs in field operations. Furthermore, the CIA operatives in charge of administering these experiments were told by superiors that the results of the experiments would be beneficial to the country. There is currently a debate over how ethical George Hunter White's actions were, with some arguing that his motive was to legally make people suffer. He was unethical, while others argue that if he believed the experiments would benefit the national security, his actions could be justified. You know who else had similar beliefs to that? Hitler? Nazis? 
what's the difference here? I know a lot of Americans are going to listen to this and be like, how dare you compare us to Hitler and the Nazis and blah, 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 blah. Dude is running experiments on citizens of his own country to legally make people suffer. Legally, quote unquote legally. If this guy was just a dude in his basement, he'd be a fucking serial killer. But no, no, no. He's a doctor who works for the government, therefore he's a good guy. And that's what all the Hitler guys thought, that's what all the Nazis thought, that's what all the doctors working under Hitler doing experiments and fucking people's lives up thought as well. They thought they were the good guys. Nobody goes into war thinking they're the bad guys. Let's just get that out in the open. Just because you think you're a good guy doesn't mean you are. Insert this experiment. MKUltra and Operation Midnight Climax. I'm sorry if that offends you and your patriotic views, but it's very fucking true. This guy here, George Hunter White, is a fucking Nazi. And I would argue that even Mr. Sidney Gottlieb is also a Nazi. Anyway, let's just get back to it. Let's get back to it. If things weren't bad enough and making these guys look terrible, some of the subjects of Gottlieb's experiments also included mentally disabled children. You know, the ones who can fully give consent to what they're doing because they're fully mentally operational and can discern what is best for them, right? Because that's what mentally disabled children can do under LSD and mind control. And, ugh, this is just getting worse and worse the further on we go, isn't it? Somehow, Operation Midnight Climax was soon expanded, and CIA operatives began dosing people in restaurants, bars, and beaches along with signing up to use drugs themselves, because they saw what they were doing to the mentally disabled kids and be like, hey, I want in on that. If that's fucking up little Timmy, what's it gonna do to me? I need that shit in my life. The extent to which this widespread exposure to the public to mind-altering drugs contributed to the rise of the counterculture movement in the late 1950s and 60s is unknown. Although Ken Casey, no relation, has attributed his role in the genesis of the influential San Francisco Bay Area psychedelic social scene that developed in the late 1960s to his participation in Project MKUltra's LSD experiments at the Menlo Park, California location. So what was the response to all this? Surely some shit went down, right? Well, in 1974, the New York Times journalist Seymour Hersh published a story exposing the CIA's illegal spying on U.S. citizens and how the CIA had conducted non-consensual drug experiments. His report started the lengthy process of bringing long, suppressed details about MKUltra to light. Project MKUltra came to light in the spring of 1977 during a wide-ranging survey of the CIA's Technical Services Division. John K. Vance, a member of the CIA Inspector General staff, discovered that the agency was running a research project that included administering LSD and other drugs to unwilling human subjects. Additionally, several CIA FOIA requests revealed a collection of documents from several news sources in the late 1970s reporting information on Operation Midnight Climax. There were a handful of newspaper articles released in the 1970s by the San Francisco Examiner, Wilmington News Journal, and the Washington Post, and the Washington Star revolving around these revelations and elaborated on what the CIA was doing, but they also failed to include much of the motive and explicit details as the CIA never really released most of the findings and the information never went public. In 1975, President Ford set up the United States President's Commission on the CIA Activities. 
The purpose of this commission, which is commonly referred to as the Rockefeller Commission, was to investigate possible illegal activities being performed by the CIA. Project MKUltra, Operation Midnight Climax, and other similar projects were part of the investigation. According to the Rockefeller Commission report, the CIA was charged with various illegal activities such as large-scale spying on American citizens, engaging in illegal wiretaps, and aiming their illegal activities at Americans who openly disagree with the government. As a result of these findings, President Ford signed an executive order in 1976 that prohibited, quote, experimentation with drugs on human subjects except with the informed consent, in writing and witnessed by a disinterested party of each human subject. This attempted to prevent unethical practices and projects from occurring in the future. In 1977, Senator Edward Kennedy conducted congressional hearings investigating MKUltra. Many ex-CIA employees were brought in for questioning. Congress interrogated them about, quote, who oversaw these programs, how participants were identified, and if any of these programs had been continued, end quote. After the incident came to light, the United States government was compelled by their constituents to find out the reasoning for these unethical experiments on United States citizens. As a result, four subpoenas were issued by Senator Kennedy, one by his subcommittee on health and scientific research, a former CIA employee whose name is known as Walter Pasternak, was noted for, quote, hiding from investigators, end quote, stating that he would return after 24 hours. The documents in that Senate investigation committee revealed receipts signed by the former CIA employee for $52,100 bills that were distributed to persons involved in Operation Midnight Climax. Pasternak, the CIA employee, also provided the subcommittee with an account of how the activities were in relation to the CIA-funded research group that conducted human behavior experiments. Other CIA employees who were subpoenaed were Dr. Sidney Gottlieb and Robert Lashbrook, and the consultant who was subpoenaed was a former Georgetown University professor called Dr. Charles Geschichter. I think I'm saying that right, I don't know. Doesn't matter. He sounds like an asshole, so I can fuck his name up. Doesn't matter. Unfortunately, when the hearing day came around, all four of them made the decision independently not to testify. Because I'm sure they all did independently of one another. The Senate committee continued to investigate the issues and were able to get testimony from Pasternak. Yet, the information from him and others related to the project wasn't considered the most accurate, resulting in a lack of action taken by the U.S. government against the CIA. The CIA's LSD experiments continued until 1963 before being shut down. In 1963, John Vance, a member of the CIA Inspector General staff, learned about the project's surreptitious administration to unwilling, non-voluntary human subjects. Though the MKUltra directors argued for the continuation, the Inspector General insisted the agency follow ethical research guidelines which brought the program's testing on non-consenting volunteers to an end. Unfortunately, the paper records of the operation were destroyed, naturally, and during the trials many agents claimed that they could not remember details about it and there were no records for Congress to verify, thus leading to no noted convictions or justice for the CIA and the individuals involved. So that's some interesting shit that the government has done. And it's not even my government. I'm from Canada. I'm sure Canadians have done some terrible shit in their government. I know they have. 
look at all the residential schools and the bodies that they keep finding, this is not a good place either. But when it comes to the American government, that peachy keen, that super, super ethical, that really, really cool government that they have down in the United States just, you know, has a dark fucking history too. And there's no way around that. Nothing is perfect. Nothing. No country. Maybe Denmark. Maybe Denmark. Maybe Sweden. You know, all the Scandinavian countries are pretty fucking cool. But other than that, the world is a piece of shit. And that's a great way to end this. If you like what you heard, please feel free to leave that 5 star rating on Spotify or on Apple iTunes. You can still follow along to anything I might do on social media, which isn't super active, but I'm going to plug it anyway. All the links are down below, but regardless, Facebook, Horror Shots, or Instagram at Ominous Origins Pod. But that's all I got for you this week. Until next time.